Welcome to the Full 60 featuring Craig Custance and presented by The Athletic. Each week, we'll dive into the biggest stories in hockey while bringing in unique voices to entertain and explain all aspects of the game. Hey, this is Craig, and welcome to this week's episode of The Full 60. And I am thrilled to have this week's guest, Eddie Lack, on the line. And, I, and this, is our, we, this is our second attempt at this. We had one time, and I think it was our end, terrible effort on my part. I think the phone lines were down or something terrible happened, and we had to reschedule it. And it took a year, and I'm so happy we were able to do it. Um, Eddie, thank you for doing this. Thank you for your patience. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm not really sure what happened last time, if it was uh, on my part or yours, but I'm... No, it was us, for sure. Super happy to be on here now, so... I am th- I'm excited to do this. Um, like, so, I mean, last time it was pegged to your retirement, you know, you would, the, it had come out that you were retiring from hockey, and, and I actually like doing it now better because um, you, you, you've got so many things going on, and I always, I love people like this that have a lot <laughs> of things on the go, and we're going to get to all of those, but... Um, and I know this will. We're going to drop this in about two weeks, so this might seem like old news to the listener. But I'm it's I'm coming off of Ryan Miller's retirement press conference, and I don't want to miss the opportunity to talk to someone who played with Ryan and and can really talk about his impact um, on the game of hockey. What when when you think about Ryan Miller, the NHL goalie, Eddie? Eddie what what comes to mind? Uh, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just a good friend for me. I feel like I I. I feel like when we played together and everything, we we uh, created a really good bond in a short pe- period of time, and 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 yeah, like I I feel like we had so much fun together during that short time, right? And uh, just as a goalie, he 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 was just one of the most well prepared pros that I play with I think like mm. everything was just down down to very small details that like when you when you put them all together uh, they make a lot of sense and right. like he was just so anal about his gear and like I remember um, when we were in th- th- Toronto, because uh, the Vaughn gear rep and everything was there, right? And and he he uh, uh, we practiced, I think, eleven or twelve in the morning. And uh, by the time the bus was supposed to leave, it was like three or four in the afternoon, and like Ryan Miller was still there talking about his gear trying to fix a few 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 like things and mm-hmm. tweak it a little bit and i don't think he came back to like the hotel until like seven or eight o'clock at night i think <sighs> and it was like such tiny details like a, a small graphic print on his blocker he felt that the puck was bouncing weird off of it and everything really like that. it was just he was super, super down to details and everything, but, 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 obviously, it worked for him. I mean, what a career! Yeah, it. I remember talking to him once. We, we were actually talking about um, concussions because he had had a point. I forget if it was in Buffalo or Vancouver, where it was, um, where he had missed time. He'd gotten hit in the head and missed time with with concussion. I think it was Buffalo, and. He, you know, one of the things he was talking about was how planned out everything was for him throughout the course of the season, like weeks in advance, yeah. like every, down to the minute. Like he was so meticulous, and so he's just like people don't realize for a goalie when that gets thrown away, and you, you know, all of your plans are swept aside. It it can totally mess up an entire season. Like, were you like that? Did you see that? Uh, a little bit. I wouldn't say that I was as particular as he was but 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 obviously us goalies get get our reputation for a re re reason right and we're overthinking it and we're a little weird and everything like that right so so i was i i was a little bit like 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 that but not too much 
Um, yeah. So do you have a moment with playing with him that stands out? Like a game or a... I don't know if it was just one game in a particular. I just think that it was more like the full year that we got together. And like, especially when I, when, when he got hurt there and I had to carry like, like the bulk of the load there. And I think I played like 27 or 28 games in a row. No one was more supportive of me than he was, right? And uh, that's kind of what when you show your true colors mm. as a teammate and everything too, right? And then, like he really proved 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 to me what a great person he is. Yeah. Um, staying on goalies for a second, I, I look at your career and. I mean, you played, you know, you played with, in Vancouver, you talk about the greatest goalies in their country and of kind of their generation, Roberto Luongo for Canada, Ryan Miller for the U.S. You played, um, yeah. you know, Henrik Lundqvist, I think, you know, Worlds, right, at one point, yeah. if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, I, I, when I was 17 and I played my first pro year in Sweden, I actually played with Ed Belfort, so <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I've, I've played with some really cool goalies. Is there any um, thread that you, when you look at Eddie Balfour and Ryan Miller and Henrik Lundqvist and Roberto Luongo, is there anything that ties them together? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Lack is the correct answer. That's what we were going for. <laughs> no, just, just like they were all great, great goalies, but but all of them just had this, uh, uh, they were all so humble and like, they were all just like willing to share their knowledge with me, which I thought was just so, so cool because uh, when, when you get to that le level to your, your, essentially fighting for the same spot. Yeah. Right. And, uh, that's the thing when you're a goalie, only one can play. Unfortunately, it's not like there's, there's <laughs> four, four lines and everything like that. Right. So, 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 but, but, uh, uh, they were all just like extremely helpful with me. And I, I don't really think that I could have gotten where I got without any of them, you know? Hmm. Didn't you take Ed Belfort's job pretty much? Like, I don't know if that would have gone mm, over real well. No, no, I right. wouldn't say say that. But I was eight, seventeen years old, I think, when he came, and 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 uh, I didn't play a lot, uh, so I played every game before he came because he came okay. like twenty games into the season and then he actually so this is a pretty funny story but but uh, uh, it was huge in sweden that ed belfort was going to come right yeah um, and and play in the second division uh, so for his first game the fans were all pumped up the media was all pumped like like this was the biggest thing that was going to happen, right? Yeah. And um, the first game, his first shot on that went in, and like the whole ring just got dead quiet. Like <laughs> I've never heard a ring go that quiet in my entire yeah. life. It was. It was like everyone was like, "What the like? What happened yeah. here? <laughs> like this was not supposed to happen." And after he let that first goal in, he broke the shutout record oh, in wow. that league. So he he had like three or four shutouts in a row, I think. So it was like one shot, and then he just closed shot. That's amazing. That's great. That's that shows the kind of competitor he was. I imagine. Y yeah. <laughs> so I, so in that era, um, I mean, you, like. You get off to a good start. Were you, how 
disappointed were you that I mean you were on the draft list but didn't go drafted what was that like for you as somebody kind of trying to work their way up I didn't really think that too much about the draft I was more just happy that I was on the list and I didn't really expect a whole lot my my mindset was always that I knew that goalies take a longer time to develop so it doesn't really matter if I get drafted or not when I'm 18 or 19 because I most likely won't be able to like play in the NHL until I'm like at least 20, 23, 24, 25, right? Yeah, so right. I I uh, didn't really focus on it too 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 much. I was mostly just focused on what I could do to get better every single day, right? Yeah. Um, how did it end up with with Vancouver? Was there, you know were they a team that was in touch with you at that time? Yeah, so so not at the draft time, but they came uh, two years later when I played with Jacob Markstrom mm. in the Swedish Elite League. Um, so I was Jacob's back backup then, and uh, we uh, I I I was hurt in the beginning of the year too. So I think I only played like fifteen games there or something. So. I I knew that Jake, Jacob was already drafted by Florida, Florida then, and and he was the guy that everyone looked at, right? Right. So I did, did didn't really expect to get NHL offers or anything like that. But when when uh, when Vancouver reached out. Uh, I was just like shocked. First. <laughs> I'm like, well, I haven't really played. I don't know if I'm re- ready for it or not. Yeah. Uh, and they pre- 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 pretty much gave me like 24 hours to think, 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 think about it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> what? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm gonna. No matter when I go over to North 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 America. I am going to have to start in the minor league anyway. Yeah. Like the only two Swedish guys that have not started in the minor leagues are the King and Jonas Gustafsson. Right. So uh, I, I, I just, yeah. Yeah. So I just thought to myself that I'm going to have, have to play, in the minors, no, no matter what. So I, so I might as well start that journey right away instead mm-hmm. of uh, keep keep playing in Sweden and everything. And I don't know if I'm gonna get hurt tomorrow or like the next day, right? And then this chance might not ever come again. So right. yeah, I, 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 I just. Uh, uh, went for and I was for, fortunate enough that it worked worked work, work, worked out. <laughs> yeah. And then at that at that point you're playing for Claude Noel, right? In Manitoba when you yeah. came over. Yeah. What a yeah. what an interesting guy. Holy cow. Oh, I loved him. He was always <laughs> like, you gotta bring your A game, Eddie. You gotta bring your A game. I'm like, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. And uh, I remember he uh so we were on like a four or five game lo- losing streak and he printed these t-shirts for everyone in the team. And all that it said was the beating will continue until morale improves. <laughs> we're all like, all right, great. <laughs> all right. Yeah. We're in for another bag skate here. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. I would. I, I, do you still have that T-shirt somewhere? I would keep that. Probably. I'm pretty <sighs> sure that it's in Sweden with my dad. I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. I like that his his uh, goalie coaching consisted of, "Hey, bring your A game." That would be about as far as yeah. I would get with the goalies. No, exactly. He's like, "Well, you had your B game last <laughs> last game. It was 
kind of good, but like tonight, if we're going to have a chance, we need your A game. Okay. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. So, um, so you, what, what I thought was cool, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you got to be a part of the Canucks playoff run, right? Like when, when Corey and Roberto were up and yeah, weren't you part of the practice squad or the black aces? Yeah. Yeah. So we made it two, two game or two rounds game seven uh, with Matt, Matt, Matt Manitoba, which is still the longest game that I've ever played. That was triple overtime. Really? And I'm just exhausted thinking about it still, but yeah. Who was we, that against? We, uh, Hamilton Bulldogs. Mm. Uh, so we we uh, uh, got eliminated then. At, so we came just for the third round against the Sharks uh, to Vancouver. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, what do you learn when you just get to be around the team in that in that process? I I I think it's mostly just you see the pressure that mm. these guys are go- going through and like uh, you see how everyone reacts in around the city and like how much pressure is actually on these guys. And, and, and like that kind of prepares you, I think if you were to be in a similar position yourself a little bit uh, and, and, and yeah, like the whole city was just, dying to get that cup right but but but, yeah so so close it was um and not only that like you got like there was goalie controversy right you had two great goalies in Corey schneider and roberto luongo and you know roberto like kind of that odd him you know shutting them out at home and struggling on the road it was it was a fascinating goalie series and then of course tim thomas on the other end and all the controversy it was was just unbelievable yeah tim thomas he was just is so good that yeah it's crazy um all right so what do you remember about your nhl debut i always love hearing these stories <laughs> uh so we were in calgary away uh obviously <laughs> and and back then we had these heart rate mo- monitors on uh when we played the game and everything yeah. thing too and uh, and apparently Roger Takahashi, my strength coach there, uh, told me after the game that they they didn't think that I was going to make the entire, entire game because my heart rate was like 180 during the national anthem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and... Uh, they were just dying in the press box. Apparently, like, oh my god, he's so nervous. How is this going to go? That's amazing. That's the most nervous goalie in the league now. So, yeah, but yeah, we we won five uh, four in overtime, and 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 yeah, that was a good start. I didn't know. So I knew Vancouver was always into that. Like you know, um, you know, Mike Gillis was pretty out front. With, with technology, but I'm surprised the players would allow the heart rate monitors during games. Like that seems like something guys would say no thanks to. Yeah, there's uh, so I think more now uh, the NHLPA has kind of got gotten in the way of yes. stuff, stuff like that, right? But 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 yeah, uh, back in the day, that was I can't remember. It was like optional, but not really. They're like, we really want you to wear these, and I'm That's like, right. all right, well, it's my first first ever game. Yeah, I'm not gonna say say no, and then Lou is gonna play again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's optional if you you know, but if you don't want wear them, don't expect to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you learn from Roberto Luongo? And. Um, so when I first came there, um, I would say that I learned a ton of te- technical stuff, first of all, because we kind of play the game the same way. Uh, like he was playing inside of the paint and he was a little bit deeper and and just like 
so good at working his angles and everything like that. So, so, so uh, when I first came, came over, I was a little bit all over the place. So I took a lot from him my first years and everything there. And, and uh, uh, then uh, I, I learned a lot off the ice on how to be a pro and everything too, because uh, if I was all over the place on the ice, I was even more all over the place in the <laughs> locker room, I, I, I would say. So I, I uh, kind of learned from him that there's a time and place for everything, mm. right? And, and, and uh, sometimes you just need to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> So when you say you were all over the place, you what? Just you had a bit of a mouth on you. Yeah, but I like to joke joke around with the guys, and I and I liked being kind of the jokester yeah. on the team and everything like that. And 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 I I uh, quickly learned that that works for practice days and everything like that. But when you make it to the NHL. Uh, and there's an actual game going on. You need to stay quiet, quiet at times. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good lesson. I think it's funny when I talk, talk to people in Florida um, in their front office, they say Roberto is so smart and like he yeah. is, he is a GM or whatever he wants to be in hockey in the making. Like they're like, there's no doubt he's like on the oh, fast yeah. track. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's, uh, uh, I don't think the guy, because obviously he has enough money to just retire and everything, right? But right. but but that's just so not like him. I just think that uh, what he can bring to the teams and everything like that, like like he needs to keep working and like providing value because he's got so much value to provide. All right, let's take a quick break. I want to get into your post-playing days a little bit because it's it's fascinating to see and to follow along on Twitter too. And we'll definitely encourage people to follow on Twitter. All right, so so Eddie, um, you've got a few things on the go, but let's. I want to talk a little bit about Arizona, um, the ASU hockey program, because I think what they've done there is set up almost like a model on how to launch a hockey college hockey program in and like that that other colleges that don't have hockey could steal and and replicate because it's it's been so successful why when, when i mean you're an assistant coach there why do you think it's been so successful i think it starts first with the coaching staff and everyone here i think yeah. you, uh, greg powers al hicks and mike fields has done a tremendous job with like coaching recruiting and just getting everyone to to uh, pull the same way uh, i i i truly believe that a lot start starts there but then you look at where we are too it's it it, it it's we're in arizona the weather is always good um, we got the asu college uh, we have a competitive team now with good coaches and everyone great around the rank uh, and and the only thing we're really missing is the new rink right and that's about i think we're about a year a year and a half away from being completed so we're really getting there i think so yeah. i mean why wouldn't you want to play here once the rink is done too we're going to be a tall Top top ten um, college every single year, I think, and 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 with all the facilities and the coaching staff and everything we got, I mean, why wouldn't you want to play here? You're gonna get every top recruit for the next decade. That's my prediction. Why would if I you're the so. best player in the, in the U.S., why would you go anywhere else at this point? And I'm not just yeah, saying that, exactly. to, like for real, like that's where I would go. There's no, yeah. yeah. I, I remember talking to Greg Powers, like, you guys missed Austin Matthews by, what, two years? Like, if he was coming up now, you, yeah. you would be playing there. There's no doubt in my mind. 
No, I know. And like, man, that would have been so much fun Ugh. having him here playing for a- ASU. But yeah, I mean, he's, he, he's doing pretty good himself right now, too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's worked out all right, his career path. <laughs> Um, how, how do you find working with that age kids? Like, you know, to go from the NHL to the college age kids. Eh, I like it. I, I think that, um, comparing the NHL and the AHL to college is, it, it's your, you're just going to have to accept that there's going to be mistakes made and like you're you're just gonna have to let these kids make mistakes because that's how how they're eventually gonna learn and grow from it and 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 be ready at the next level and don't make those mistakes at the next level right so i i i uh, think that that's a very very big part part of it to understand that they are still kids mm-hmm. and 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 the, they are gonna have to be allowed to make mistakes to grow right um do you find that the kids are arriving now like i've i've talked to goalies and they're like i can't believe how technical these young goalies are like they they arrive so well versed in in how to play goal like how much of that advancement are you seeing with the young players coming up they're all so te- technical with within the goalie position and everything. I mean, yeah. they're way better skaters than I ever was. Right. <laughs> and, and I, I, I think that, uh, the only thing that, that some of these kids are missing is that they, they get so position specific so mm. early in life that they're, they're not, hundred percent well-rounded as athletes mm. like like they they uh, know only the situations that they've seen throughout playing hockey but but there's playing sports there's so many different things that you can go through and there's so many different situations and everything like that that that's why when I always have parents come up and ask about uh, uh, like practice and everything when, when like the kids are only nine, 10 years old, (laughs) I always say, just don't focus on hockey only play, play soccer in the summer or, Mm. or football or, or baseball or whatever. Right. But, 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 uh, uh, most of the best goalies that I see, well, all 60 goalies in the NHL, not one, not, not two, two of them look like the other guy, right? Yeah. They have 60 um, unique styles. And a lot of what I see from the kids that are coming up now, they all look kind of similar but when i look at the nhl that they're all unique goalies so find out what works for you and become your own unique goalie instead of just like going with one mold that you think fits everyone because i don't think there's one mold that fits everyone yeah when 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 it comes to goal goal goaltending what was your um, upbringing like in terms of playing sports? Like, wh- what other sports were you playing? So I played soccer up until I think I was fifteen. That's when I kind of had to choose. But mm-hmm. but but yeah, I it was hockey six months out of the year, and then it was soccer six months out of the year. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like those those two never really switched until i was i mean i started playing a little bit more hockey i think uh, when i was maybe 12 13 14 but i never played year year around like some 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 of these kids do 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 now yeah like i the most that i played was probably eight months out of the year right yeah there's there's a book called range by i think it's david epstein that talks about how 
we think that the best people, the best athletes or musicians are are doing it year round, but in reality, that's it's usually the opposite. It's the people that are doing other things and kind of discover late later in life what they want to do, and because they're so passionate about it, and that's what leads to success. Not focusing on something as a six year old. So that's I've got three kids, so we've that's been our approach. It's like you know, play whatever's in season. Yeah, yeah, and I see a guy like Jacob Marks from two, mm. like he. He he's he's like an elite starter in the NHL now, right? And he didn't start playing goalie until he was like twelve or thirteen, I think. Hmm. And then he got drafted at eighteen, right? Wow. Which is crazy. But when you are that passionate about something, I don't think it takes that long to learn it, right? Hmm. Yeah. How did you? How, what what went into your decision to stay in the U.S. versus going back to Sweden? So my wife is American. Uh, she's from Chicago. Okay. And uh, with me being able to get the green card and everything here, like like we had the choice of, of either Sweden and here. Mm-hmm. And I just like it here so much better with the weather and, 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 and just uh, the way of life. Mm-hmm. I really like sweet, sweet. Sweden, but it's perfect for us to go and visit now and see family and everything like that. But I don't think I want to live in Sweden again. I don't think, but plans always change, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Sweden. Like I've gone, you know, over there yeah. for international tournaments or whatever. And that's, that's on my like dream. If we're like, Hey, if we ever want to like, just pick up and go somewhere, but, there are, but I've never really gone. And when it's gotten really cold, so I can't really judge that is that is the biggest thing and it's not really about the cold i just think that it that it's so dark Mm. i mean the sun is not up for long every day in the winter but then in the summer it never goes down right but (laughs) but but uh, the winters are just really tough yeah yeah I i can imagine all right. So, Eddie, oh, before we get to the Twitter questions, I did want to ask you. So, you're in the real estate and like, you know, I'm, if you want to plug your 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 real estate efforts, I, by all means do so. But I, I don't – you don't see a lot of former NHL players or at least I don't see it in that space. What is it about that area that got you into it? Yeah. So, my my family's been doing it ever since I grew grew up and, and, and it's just something that's always – been interesting to me probably because i grew up with it uh, and 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 i uh, been doing investments and everything mm-hmm. by myself while while i was playing but but yeah it's always something that i've been interested in and 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 uh, i i kind of knew already that this is what i wanted to do once i retired yeah like you're you're doing the whole thing. You're like showing people houses and walking them through, and hey, this is a four bedroom, two bath. You know the whole routine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we. Uh, I'm a full on real estate agent, but we also do uh, Airbnbs and rentals uh-huh. and flips and everything down down here as well. So I'm so I'm doing uh, a little bit of everything. So let's say hypothetically you were doing a podcast interview with somebody who just bought land to build a house on to turn into an Airbnb. What advice would you give them? <laughs> well, it all depends <laughs> where it's at, but but yeah, uh, just for an example, the Airbnbs are doing really really good down here, mo- 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 mostly because of so many people come. To visit here for bachelor mm. bachelorette parties and spring training and you get the waste management open and and uh, just all around sunshine right so there's there's uh, so many people that that they uh, come come through here and, and 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 yeah i mean all of ours are are doing around 20 25 percent ROI. 
I don't want to get too much into the economics <laughs> and details and everything like that. Can you tell but, me exactly but, how much uh, you made yeah. last year and your yeah. Airbnb? <laughs> but yeah, they are doing ve- very well. So, um, w- w- last or two years ago, it was pre-pandemic. We went to uh, Joshua Tree, my family, and based on an Instagram post rented a airbnb and it turned out it was from eric nystrom who played in the league a long time <laughs> yeah and you know I, like we couldn't find the key in this so i'm calling a cell and it's eric nystrom picks up and i'm like so then we just started chatting and talking hockey and uh, him and his dad had like <laughs> had fixed this place up and it was incredible like this place was in the middle of joshua tree and the stars and I, like so i, I a plug it. it was and it was just cool like he was just passionate about like turning it into this really cool unique space like you could just tell that was something he was excited about. Like it was, it was a one of a kind property. It was really cool. That's my Eric That's Nystrom awesome. plug for his. Uh, it was called Moon Camp. If anybody's looking for a place in uh, in Joshua Tree, um, so yeah. So he it's, really it's sold cool. it. Did now I, I want to yeah. go too? <laughs> it's a good follow on Instagram too. So it's like I, I don't know. I just like people that because you know it, there's um, when when I talk to players, it's I know that can be a struggle, right? Post post-career figuring out what you want to do right like hockey is so all-consuming um and you have a lot of things done for you so that like even that can be hard like going from everything done and all of a sudden you're on your own and and so i'm always i'm always excited from when people like find something they're into like was it a tough transition for you or did you find like you had things lined up uh, it wasn't that tough like like i i I'm kind of easy that that way I don't really dwell on things and uh, when I just put my mind to something I I I don't really dip my toe in it I I just dive in right so so uh, I I knew from my hockey experience and everything that that once I decided to do this and it might sound cocky and not very mm-hmm. Canadian or Swedish, but but I knew that once I set my mind to this, that, that I was going to be successful, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, that's why I wasn't really nervous about it. I I uh, just wanted to learn as much as I could in the beginning, and and uh, that was one thing that I think. Uh, uh, was a really big advantage for me mm-hmm. in the beginning too, because a lot of people they get the real estate license and everything. They 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 put all of their last money just to get the license and everything, right? And 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 when you're first starting out with something, um, it 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 always takes a while to get going and everything, and and and. Uh, that was a re- re- really big advantage for me because I had the NHL mo- money and everything, so I wasn't really in a rush to 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 like uh, get that first paycheck, and right? Everything. And I wasn't desperate or anything. I would I, w- I was just like I want to learn everything in the right way, and then. Uh, whatever comes from it. Great. Right. 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 Like you have the advantage of saying, okay, this can be a learning process for a while until I really get the hang of it. And then, then you can dive in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So your recommendation would be play 10 years of professional hockey and then get into the Airbnb space. That would be the. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That would be ideal. All right. All right. Before we wrap up, let's get to some of these Twitter questions. Um, Oh, you know, the one, so this is going to be out of left field, but this is my Twitter question that I would have posed. I, I, and I remember because I did a book and I had a chapter on John Tortorella and we talked a long time and the whole, you know, outdoor game thing came up, that decision he made to play you. And I actually talked to Roberto for a while. What, what do you remember about that? That was such an odd moment in time. Yeah, it was. I, I, I just remember that I felt sorry for Lou because, mm. He's been playing so long with the organization and everything, and 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 I remember Torts told me that I was going to play and everything. Then, like an hour later, I saw uh, Lou the day before 
on the ice with his kids skate skating around and everything and i'm like man right. the, uh. the, the, this line would have meant so much for him right and 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 yeah it was a bad si- si- situation all all around because i was all obviously happy that i was going to play and it was like a great opportunity for 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 me but it was just like lou really deserved to play that game right right it's such a tough call like and i remember talking to john about it because you know what you're trying to make a decision to win a hockey game and in a playoff race or whatever and then you know so you i think you get caught up into this short-term thinking when there's also these big personalities involved and careers involved it's it's such a tough one yeah it is and 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 obviously i felt for 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 lou on a uh, personal level because we were friends too so that was the hard part right all right so i like uh, we're, we're going to start with this question from jared who asks and I'm, and i'm save this for the end because i want to talk about this for a minute or two where's the best taco in vancouver in Vancouver, uh, I haven't been there in so long, so I have to go Google what the spot is called now. Uh, so in Vancouver, Gringo was a spot that I had. Uh, Gringo, so I, yeah, Gringo. So so I always went to Gringo uh, and. Um, uh, when I play there, they had a loco taco as well, and the price for that taco was whatever my goals against average was at that time. So it was like, <laughs> really, I did not know this. Yeah, back then I played pretty good hockey, so I think it was like <laughs> two dollars and thirty cents, or like yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Oh my gosh! What's your go-to taco when you're when you're testing a place out? Like and what, has to, what has to be the order? So I do like the carne asada best, and, mm-hmm. and I always like a lot of sauce on my ta- ta- tacos. Like I'm a big sauce guy, so uh, talk sauce or like sour cream or some guac. Yeah, yeah, that's really good stuff. Um. All right, and then where you are now in Arizona? Or let, let me open it up. Best best taco you've ever had? Best taco I ever had. Oh my god, that's so hard. But I'm gonna have to go um, with um, the Loco Taco at Gonza in Raleigh because they made it super mm. super nice. Uh, it was like. Um, shredded beef that's been sitting and ma- marinating for like a long time, so it was just like tender and ju- 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 juicy. And then they had uh, corn, uh, some cheese, and then they had some some kind of uh, sour cream or cream fraiche dip on it. But it was just like, yeah, it was melting in your mouth. It was really, really good. Yeah. Um, my answer is the taco stand in Encinitas, California. The carne asada. Yeah. It, oh my gosh, is it yeah. unbelievable? Yeah. So I can't. I strongly recommend the taco stand. Yeah. There in California, I've had a few tacos in Mexico too. There are like, I mean, obviously you're like trying to go where the locals go because then you know it's really right. Good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. So that's, and I would encourage you, um, to follow at Eddie Lack on Twitter. If you still, you still do taco review videos, you still do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, all right. The next question comes from Pete Evans who wanted to know now that you're in real estate, did you rent or own in Vancouver and and did you keep it if you still, okay. I I don't know if they're looking to buy or what. I rented in Vancouver, uh, in Yale Town. That, that's that's where we live when when, when when we play there. 
I'm always fascinated by the NHL like real estate world where like one guy owns a house and then there's a trade and then the next guy moves into that guy's house. Yeah, just, I know. They just people just cycle through places. Clayton Keller is living in Austin Matthews' house here in Arizona now because Keller is 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 uh, building a place himself. So, oh, is he? So so, so yeah, there's there's a. Uh, uh, the hockey world is small. Like when I bought oh my, my house, house here, and we signed for one more year in Jersey. Uh, Jason Demers moved into our house mm-hmm. here as well. So yeah, he's a good dude. He's um, I noticed on Instagram he's into cards collecting, and I've gotten during the pandemic into that. So I'm going to bug him about. I want to yeah. have him to, to really nerd out on collecting cards. Yeah, he's great. Um, He's a great dude. All right. This next question comes from Ruben Hubbard, who asked a nice open-ended question. What is your most memorable goalie moment? Um, I think myself, when I played, uh, it was we were playing against L.A. at home with Vancouver, and we wanted to shoot out to to clinch the playoffs. And Mm. that was just, like, super, super cool to me. It was like two games left of the season, I think. So we were right down the wire with LA. So uh, that was cool. I would say that in my career in general, when we won the World Championship, I mean, obviously King Henrik played, but 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 uh, just to be part of that group and everything was 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 uh, something that I will remember forever. Um, that's awesome. He's got to be the best looking player you ever played with. <laughs> King Henrik, holy cow. I mean, I played with his twin brother too, so I don't know which, <laughs> which one. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I forgot he's got a twin. All right. Last question. Uh, this comes from at ASU Coach Powers. Can you ask Eddie why he's a five handicap, but every time we play, he shoots an 87? Well, can you ask Coach Powers why he 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 is he's uh, listed as five uh, eight in elite prospects? But I know he's under five feet. <laughs> he's under five feet. That seems that seems like a, a big uh, miss by elite prospects. May, may, maybe, but I also know that I don't shoot an eighty seven with him either. So I think. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Uh, well, Eddie, I know you got stuff to do, so I'll let you get at it. But thanks for taking time, man. I'm glad we were able to do this. Thank you. I appreciate you a lot. All right, man. Take care. Bye. I want to thank Eddie Lack for joining the podcast. We have been trying to get Eddie um, we for probably the last year since he retired on the podcast. Uh, it, it, he is one of those guys. I, I love people like Eddie Lack that uh, are super interesting people who the fact that they – played in the NHL might be like the fourth or fifth most interesting thing about him. He's, you know, one of those guys is always up to something. And also we have a shared love for tacos that um, is very real. So Eddie, thanks a lot for, for making this happen. That was a fun conversation. A few things, a little bit of news. Um, I'm very excited. I'm going to share this with you guys first, listeners of the full 60. Uh, I will be joining old friend Sean Gentili every week on the athletic hockey show starting may 18th um we it's a little bit of the feedback we've been getting the athletic hockey show is fantastic and ian mendez and Haley and sean mcindu uh pierre and scott they all do a killer job on that podcast but uh in you have to admit it's a little canadian centric they wanted uh listeners said they wanted a little bit more american coverage so who else to bring in than Sean and I. And if you think, uh, if you're guessing we're going to go over the top with how American we're going to make it, you're probably right. It's going to be a lot. It's it's going to be fun. Any Anytime I have an excuse to get on the phone or on the Zoom or hang out and have a beer with Sean Gentili, I do it. And now we get to record it and call it work and share it with you. So uh, that starts May 18th on the Athletic Hockey Show feed. So if you're not subscribing to that, um, just go to, I don't know, Spotify or Apple Pods or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit subscribe, and that will automatically feed in to your podcast. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to do it through the playoffs, and then um, 
it's going to be fun. And then we'll reassess from there. But I can't wait to do that with Sean. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, a couple other things. Make sure you listen to Scott and Peter's conversation with Doug Wilson, GM of the San Jose Sharks. He was on the two-man advantage edition of the Athletic Hockey Show on Wednesday. That was so good. Um, and Kevin Kurz did a really interesting story in The Athletic about uh, talking to Doug Wilson and how they're not rebuilding in San Jose, um, essentially because there's too many huge contracts on big-name players, and you know who those are. Um, but they're hitting the reset button. The Probably the hardest place to be in, in hockey is – you know, it's easy to tear the whole thing down. It's hard. And we've seen Chicago try to do it and some of these other teams to find the middle ground. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see what San Jose does there. Uh, but I, I got to say, if Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and Logan Couture, um, Evander Kane, like that's, you know, yes, they're aging. Yes, they're probably making more in some cases than you'd want. But I, I do have faith that Doug Wilson can probably squeeze another playoff run or two out of that, or at least appearance. I just think the degree of difficulty to pull that off is so hard because what that franchise needs most is high-end young talent. And the easiest way to get high-end young talent is to be terrible. And it's going to be hard to be terrible when you have those pros, like I mentioned in San Jose. So um, while I admire Doug Wilson's marching on and and trying to keep things competitive in San Jose the I, I really there really hasn't been a good blueprint in in how to pull it off really the best thing you can do uh is follow the Chicago Blackhawks plan and get really lucky in the lottery like that if you're a San Jose shark and that's not a plan but if you're a San Jose Sharks fan you're you're hoping you get your version of Kirby Doc and even that doesn't guarantee anything, and you've got to hit another picks, and you have to accumulate draft picks. All of that's really hard. Um, but I'm not sure what else you can do if you're San Jose and you're tied into those contracts. Uh, that's there's no easy solution. And so you've you've made your you've placed your wager on on those players, and now you have to you have to see it through. It's it's going to be a challenge for San Jose fans. I, I just I wouldn't be surprised if next year looks much better if they can address the goaltending that would go a long way in, in kind of creating a band-aid and there are some options this offseason in goal for san jose to explore so if they're able to spend if they're able to move on from martin jones i think there maybe is a path uh, maybe it's a path forward for the sharks and doug wilson but it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out all right that is it thank you so much for listening thanks again to eddie lack for having the conversation next week awesome conversation with an old friend from my days in Atlanta, Aaron Andrews. It was so fun to catch up with Aaron. He is a blast and it was a heck of a conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. So get ready for that next week. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.